Hello, my name is Benjamin, and welcome to Affable Chat Off Script, the episodes of Affable Chat that aren't about movies. My guest today is my very close friend, Jacob Reeves. Jacob is a designer of new and creative media for Gamecock Athletics, uh, and to us lay people, he's a photographer, <laughs> and um, he was invited to join the college football playoff social media team uh, for the national championship in New Orleans, uh, this past college football national championship, and he tells me his story of what he saw, a little behind-the-scenes look at the college football national championship from you know, arriving and going to Bourbon Street to seeing the president arrive at the stadium to seeing the confetti fall all over the stadium after LSU won the big game. It's a really interesting interview. Jacob, uh, you know, very exclusive experience to be able to be a photographer at the college football national championship. So please give it up for my guest, Jacob Reeves. Cool seeing it grow from just movies to, I, mean, yeah. I know that's your main thing, but having well, having all these people on. And yeah, well, the movies was, it gives us something to talk about every yeah. week. Regularly, yeah. yeah. So we have we always have something that's very, you can totally dive into and talk about. But um, the reason it's called Affable Chat and not like, you know, movie reviews or something like that mm. was because I really just wanted to be able to cultivate good conversation. And For sure. having Joey on is... I can always have a good conversation about movies with him. He's an absolute cinephile, a guy. He he sees movies in a different way. It's just yeah. it's always enlightening to talk to him about movies. Um, but I, what I wanted to get to the point that I was able to do is talk to people who have interesting other people too yeah. uh, that have interesting uh, things to say, which brings us to you, uh, mm-hmm. which is you're somebody who does a job that I think is super creative and. Um, interesting. Like I, I always tell people, you're the person in my life who is the closest to uh, like having their dream job, <laughs> because I grew up knowing that you were a big Gamecocks fan, and you're mm-hmm. always a creative guy. And to see you find this career um, has just been really cool. Like I've, I've, whenever I see, uh, you know, your stuff get shared by the school's Twitter account, mm. um, or just random people on the internet are like, "Oh, I love these photos by like at." you know jacob i i always um it makes me feel proud to be your friend because i'm like i know that he's he's doing this and he's and and then that has come to a pinnacle here Mm -hmm. where you get invited to the college football national championship so absolutely um so let's talk about it so first off what do you normally do what's your what's your job title here at the school so my official job title is designer of new and creative media for gamecock athletics but a lot of it is football and football recruiting. Our office is in the football operations building. Um, so I'm technically all athletics, but a lot, a lot, a lot of it is football. Right, right. So well, football's um, a big deal here. So yeah, it for makes sure. a lot, makes sense. And uh, designer of new and creative media. So the department as a whole is called new and creative media. Um, that encompasses video, photography, graphics, social media, everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I got hired as a graphic designer. So I mean, that's what I do for the most part, um, whether it's for social media, recruiting. A lot of the recruiting stuff is not like visible to like the the general public per mm-hmm. se, but it's 
it's daily and it's necessary. So you're like making, uh, you know, photoshops of high schoolers yeah, in yeah. Gamecock uniforms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just all sorts of stuff. And it's for, it's for coaches to text out to them mm-hmm. and it's a conversation starter, you know, and you make cool graphics for these kids in high school and they think it's cool to get it from a coach and it's just a way for them to start a conversation and I don't know, just really get like our message as oh, a yeah. program across. Well, I've heard that having these kinds of, uh, you like talent in your creative department mm-hmm. actually does have an impact on the talent you can oh, recruit for, sure. for your school. And it's, your it's an industry that's, that's blowing up the past couple of years. And it's to the point now, if you're a team that doesn't invest in that, you're kind of left in the dust. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, I'm thankful to be at a place. South Carolina does a really good job of investing in the creative department here, giving us the resources we need, the access we need. Um, I yeah, can't. I, mean, I can't tell you how many people I've seen um, claim that they're ready to run through a brick wall after <laughs> yeah. watching just another uh, ge- like Gamecock hype video. Oh that's, yeah, that's made by the um, by you guys for sure. Yeah, so they I do a really good job with that. And yeah. yeah, so you've been doing that for you've been here for two years. Uh, this summer it'll be two years, so about a year and a half right now. Um, another huge part of my job is. Uh, since we moved into the football operations building last year, it's about a year ago now, um, they have a lot of screens throughout the entire facility that they need content for. They need, you know, like fresh, relevant content. There's like a 20-foot video wall in the lobby of the building that always needs graphics going through it, videos going through it. Um, There's touch tables, there's interactive screens, and all that content, like I've kind of collected throughout this time and made it and put it on there and keep it refreshed you know yeah say we actually the two teams going to the super bowl um san francisco and kansas city we each of those teams has former gamecocks on it and so regardless we're gonna make whoever wins we're gonna make like super bowl champion you know very cool have a big 20 foot graphic for them i think you guys made a graphic that said the last eight super bowls yeah yeah so we've been to eight eight consecutive super bowl appearances by south carolina former south carolina players very cool which is very cool yeah once a gamecock always a gamecock (laughs) always so all right well speaking of championship games like the Mm -hmm. super bowl uh you got a very uh, special opportunity mm-hmm. to be at the uh, national championship, which unfortunately the Gamecocks weren't at, so it wouldn't <laughs> have fallen under your regular duty. So mm-hmm. how did that come about? How, who reached out to you and said, hey, why don't you come to the to New Orleans? So a few months back, the communications people at the college football playoffs reached out. One of them reached out to me via Twitter and just kind of sent me something out of the blue one day and was like, hey, um, I've been following your work for a while. I'm a, I'm a fan of what you've been putting out. Would I work for the college football playoff communications team? Like we're kind of assembling a social media team from photographers, videographers, designers around the country. Would you mind being a part of that? Would you be, is that something you'd be interested in? And you know, that's, yeah, it's like, that's how it started. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and at first I was actually hesitant because I, I kind of asked like, oh, what gear is going to be available for us to use? And it was one of those things where you kind of like had to bring your own. Uh, and so- personally, I don't have a camera and lenses that are really great for sports. Yeah, they got to be expensive, right? For sure. For sure. And um, 
I, cause usually for work, like we have a collection of cameras and lenses and things like that, that we can use. Mm -hmm. But for something like this, I would need my own equipment. And so I kind of told her that I was like, oh, I'd love to, but you know, I just, I don't really have a camera that's capable of something like that. And she kind of messaged back and was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry that something that trivial, you know, something that small mm -hmm. is the reason you can't do it. But, um, she was like, I understand We'll try and keep a spot open for oh, you. Oh, so it almost didn't happen. Yeah, almost, yeah, because I kind of told her um, I just didn't have a camera equipped for it, and she was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, we'll try and keep a spot open. Just let me know if anything changes. Yeah. And um, I, a few weeks go by. I kind of forgot about it, honestly. And we, me and my coworkers are out at lunch one day, and I don't know how we started talking about it, but I brought it up, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I had the chance to shoot for the college football playoffs, but... I don't really have my own camera equipment that's designed for that. And like one of my coworkers just kind of stared at me and was like, dude, wait, are you serious? Like <laughs> you're like, that's the reason you're not going just rent a camera. It's only like a couple hundred bucks to rent a camera and wow. lenses and such for the week. And admittedly that never even crossed my mind. So literally at lunch that day, I messaged her back on Twitter and was like, Hey, Oh, I, it's been a few weeks since we've been in contact. I think I'm going to rent a camera. If you still have a spot open, I'd love to do it. And she was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We still do. So, wow. Yeah, that's okay. kind of how that started. Well, you got to thank that coworker yeah. for get, Shout suggesting out that. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Alex, for because what an amazing uh, opportunity. And uh, so, is that normal for people in your career to not own the equipment? Is there just that uh, much variability in what you're going to need that? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make it, sense to just keep a whole arsenal of lenses at home. Like. Yeah, well, that's something that's definitely a blessing for us to have here. Yeah. Um, I've kind of gotten used to anything for work. We have cameras and lenses capable of covering it. And um, that, I mean, I know that's not true everywhere. Uh, thankfully, we are able to do that here. But um, personally, no. I mean, my camera's fine for just regular things. Yeah. But for something like that, um, yeah, there's a difference day. between like what a regular camera does and what the photos that came out of that football game, yeah. uh, the, the yeah. way they look. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into that, but let's, let's just start with your journey. So mm -hmm. you had to drive down, um, from, from Columbia where you yeah. usually are down to, um, New Orleans. So what was that? You, you had some stops on the way. Yeah. So, so I, I rented a camera and lenses and they came in this nice case and I packed all my bags up. And I decided I just wanted to drive instead of fly. Um, kind of part of the entire experience was if we had our own gear and we could get ourselves there and back, everything else was on the college football playoffs. So they put us up in a nice hotel downtown, you know, it had meals, everything like that there. So I just had to get there and back, essentially. Okay. Um, and so I, I, I don't mind driving on like long road trips. I've never minded it, especially through parts of the country I've never been through. Mm -hmm. You know, this had me going through Atlanta to Auburn, down to Mobile, Biloxi, and across into Louisiana. And that's just like the Gulf Coast is a part of the country I've never really driven through. Uh -huh. So I, I wanted to do that. It's about nine and a half hours from Columbia. What'd you think? Was it worth the drive? Was it interesting? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, I was able to stop in Atlanta and uh, stay with our friend Cameron um, after work the, the first day. Um, and that's about three and a half hours from Columbia. So 
it was nice to wake up the next morning and just do Atlanta to New Orleans mm-hmm. and knock off that first three and a half hours of the trip the night before. Well, when you stopped at Auburn, you took photos and you posted them on your Twitter. And I saw people from Auburn who were like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah this is a great yeah. photo. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I woke up and left Atlanta at about 630 in the morning. Uh-huh. Um, but pretty soon after you cross over the Alabama state line, it's, it becomes a central time zone. So you gain an hour back. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was passing through Auburn right as the sun was coming up right around 7am. And I was kind of like, Oh, I mean, I'm driving right by it on the interstate. I've been driving about an hour, 45 minutes. Like this would be a, a, a cool stop, stop, get some gas, some coffee, and just like take some sunrise photos of. I was trying to get the football stadium and the the way the lighting was over there wasn't ideal. So I went over to campus and just got a couple of them while I was passing through and edited them like in the parking lot there and then just tweeted them before I left. And that's, the, that's a true creative right there. <laughs> On his way from <laughs> to mm-hmm. to an actual job for this and he's like I'm just going to do some some stuff for fun. Yeah, own, yeah, for know? sure. And that's and that's the beauty of of driving this beauty of road trips you know it's not just like point a to point b on a flight it's like Mm -hmm. you can stop in places that you don't normally get to see and do that but i tweeted them and yeah at at some point auburn twitter found it i'm not really sure how (laughs) i guess i had one follower that was auburn that retweeted it and then all the auburn fan accounts it started blowing up the little the couple little photos i tweeted Uh, it's it's one of my favorite things about living like in the time that we do Mm -hmm. is you can be your own publicist like you can put something out there and it has that potential to reach the audience you you don't have to have some middleman who you know gatekeeps it's like (laughs) oh you're you know i only show photos from the photographers i like you can just put it out there and if the right people see it they see it for sure so as a creative social media is such a such a huge tool Mm -hmm. so yeah you almost couldn't like again yeah you almost couldn't do what you do Mm -hmm. i mean you could take photos and they'd look amazing but it'd be tough for anybody that's the thing is yeah you want people to see those photos and social media is a very easy way of achieving that yeah so okay so so you left auburn and so i left auburn auburn to um now i had a friend slash fellow photographer slash somebody i knew on social media that I knew was also taking photos at the national championship. Um, his name's Morgan. He works at, he's like the photographer for West Florida down in Pensacola. Mm-hmm. And um, the the route from Auburn to New Orleans goes kind of right by there. It's a little bit out of the way, but not that much. And he had met, and I had been messaging him before this trip even started, just asking him, you know, hey, what camera are you bring in? What lenses? Like trying to get on the same page. Mm-hmm. And it turned out he was actually like also my hotel roommate. So he kind of asked me, he was like, hey man, like I see you're driving. Would you mind, you know, I'll I'll help out with gas if you can pick me up from Pensacola. It's not too far out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm in no rush. I left early enough. Like, yeah, I'll I'll come by. And um So what happens to your normal job while you're out doing this? Do they- so they were, yeah, I, I talked to everybody there and they were very on board with me getting this opportunity to go and do this. So I was just they're just like, I mean, go, a lot of it ahead. was over the weekend, you know, but uh-huh. there were a couple overlapping weekdays that, you know, they were just, hey, go do your thing, nice. go enjoy it. Yeah, it was, it was, Which makes sense. This is a valuable yeah. opportunity for one of their employees. So. For sure. And so anyways, I, I went to Pensacola, picked up Morgan, and we kind of drove from there to Mobile to Biloxi to New Orleans. I mean, once I had some company, it, it went by a lot faster. Yeah. 
and we were we had he's one of those guys i've never met him in real life but I know him through social media. We do similar creative things. So it was cool to be able to talk to somebody that is at a different school that does things a different way and see, you know, how he does it. And it's definitely, um, it's always kind of a risk when to meet your internet friends. Um, but when it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when it works out, it's pretty great. For I, sure, I, for I sure. got a few internet friends that it's, it's turned out to be a good thing yeah. uh, that you meet them in real life. Um, so that's cool. So you got to New Orleans and mm-hmm. um, I, a lot of my, um, what I know about your trip already, um, mm-hmm. like we talked about before we started recording is that I looked at what you were posting on your Instagram mm-hmm. uh, and you posted for your, exp- you had all these beautiful photos of all the things that you've done, but Bourbon Street was just a black screen. <laughs> <laughs> so did, li- you know, did Bourbon Street live up to its reputation? When it you did. Were and you know, some things just, you don't have any photos the next day of and <laughs> that's that you know <laughs> but yes uh we got to new orleans early afternoon checked into the hotel it was a beautiful hotel right downtown mm-hmm. we were on like the 28th floor had an awesome wow. view of the city uh, yeah it was like right on canal street right like a block or two away from bourbon street i mean so um we all so we all got to the hotel met as a group throughout the day you know people were getting in at different times and it's it was cool because it was people that do what I do, whether that be photo or video or graphics from schools all across the US. So, I mean, there were people from Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Nevada, West Florida, you know, there wow. were a, a couple from South Carolina. Um, but all, it, it was all selected in a similar way as you yeah, just got Yeah, gotta... so all, all kind of handpicked through social media to be like the 2020 college football playoff yeah. social media team, you know, which was neat. And, um, had you, were any of them, uh, cause I, like the creative community online, I mm-hmm. feel like is very uh, specifically like the school sports creative community. Um, in my experience is very open and welcoming and supportive of each other. Did mm-hmm. you know any of these other, um, creatives who, who were not invited? most of them? Um, there was a time they they released kind of the the schedule of what we were going to do and the roster of people assigned to each thing a couple weeks before this all went down. Yeah. So I was able to look at that and kind of be like, oh, I I don't recognize that person. I'm going to follow them on social media now. So they're like semi familiar, you know, when I get when I get there. When they listed those people, did they list them by their first and last name or is yeah. it just straight up first, ads? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, first and last name, but you know, it's pretty easy to. To find those people on Twitter and Instagram and such. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you, I, I, <laughs> I guess, what what was the uh, what's one thing you did on Bourbon Street that you that you do want to remember or you want to <laughs> bring up? <laughs> okay, so I mean, we went down there for dinner originally. We just kind of walked as a group to a chicken place. It was called. I think it's just one of those like Bourbon Street chain places. Uh huh. It was like Willie's Chicken Shack or something was what it was called. And you walk in and it's fried chicken and fries and biscuits and stuff like that. But it's it, it kind of looks like a diner kind of area, but there's music just bumping at the highest volume. You know, like it's like a mix between like a club and a restaurant, like a fast food restaurant. Oh, wow. You know, they had like... <laughs> containers of you know slushies and stuff back behind the counter yeah yeah so we had dinner there and i was like wow you know there's i've never really been anywhere like this yeah um 
you know, they don't have these back in South Carolina. Yeah, no, the closest, <laughs> what you're describing kind of sounds like the, uh, the Taco Bell cantina at, in Las Vegas, which is <laughs> just a normal Taco Bell. Like they sell like normal, basically the menu is the same as a normal Taco Bell, except they have alcoholic slushies actually, yeah. um, that they sell there. And, um, when I was in Las Vegas last, uh, we were having lunch at Taco Bell and just in the middle of the day, um, we were just sitting down to eat and the lights all change and they get darker and this DJ walks up and just in the <laughs> middle the of Bell. eating it, it became a club. <laughs> like this guy just started to like, drop beats and it was oh, super man. loud. We couldn't hear each other talking anymore. It's like, okay, I guess this is a club now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, pretty bizarre anywhere else. So I, I haven't sure. seen that. This is the first I've heard of it el- yeah. outside of Las Vegas. So we did that. We kind of went back to the hotel and then it was kind of one of those, like we didn't have to do anything till like, mid late morning the next day and everybody i mean it was our first night there and everybody was just kind of like like it's only like nine o'clock you know what are we doing now and we kind of formed a group to just walk down to bourbon street and ended up being everybody um and we just walked down there went to a few places you know this is my first time in new orleans yeah i was just taking it all in i mean bourbon street is the a phrase I would use to describe it kind of is just sensory overload. <laughs> you know, there's neon flashing lights everywhere. There's people all over the place. There's strangers on balconies just pelting beads at you. And like, oh, okay. From is what that... I hear, yeah. From what I hear, it's like that every day of the week. Oh you my know? god! I was so, wondering if that was a special occasion thing or if that's no. Just I the... think it's just people <laughs> go down there and they were like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do in New Orleans. Like, let me throw some beads at people. You know, that's beautiful. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um. Well, cool. I yeah. um, I feel like we could talk for a whole hour about Bourbon Street, but I do <laughs> want to sure. focus on the, ch- uh, the <laughs> college football here. Mm-hmm. So, um, when did you start actually, uh, you know, taking photos for the ch- uh, playoffs in earnest? When did that begin? What was your now first? that that kind of started? The next morning, we had a group content meeting. You know, here's what we're gonna do today. Um, Clemson arrives um, at the New Orleans airport this at early this afternoon. Yeah. LSU is not that far away so LSU was just going to take their buses down and so they kind of would assign certain ones of us on different events so I was one of the people assigned to Clemson's airport arrival which was cool you know I wanted to take photos of guys getting off the plane yeah I thought that seemed a little bit cooler than like guys getting off the bus on the curb you know so (laughs) so that was all just kind of randomly assigned or assigned to you from what what I from what I can gather yeah I mean they just Mm -hmm. were assigning people to things just I don't know. Well, we try to space them out. And you know, you, you do uh, work for the Gamecocks. So I, I th- feel like yeah. we have to address the orange <laughs> and purple elephant in the room, mm-hmm. uh, which is that obviously our biggest rival is the team yeah. that is or one of the teams that's playing here. So yeah. how did that feel like uh, getting this opportunity, but also mixing that with the fact that yeah. it's Clemson potentially winning another national championship? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that caused me a lot of internal pain, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> <laughs> The, I mean, you did a great job of masking that pain from exactly. the way and, that you presented it. it mm-hmm. You were very neutral with the way you presented it, which I thought was probably the way you needed to go. Yeah. Uh, but you did a good job of it. But I know internally there's probably some other feelings. Internally, obviously, the game before I was, you know, like diehard Ohio State, you know. Yeah, but yeah. It, it is what it is. Uh, it was the two teams there. I was working for the college football playoffs. So, it, I mean, it was – I had a job to do. I just had to – disassociate professionally you know? oh yeah i can i can obviously have my internal feelings obviously <laughs> i wish it had been another team there sure. other than our arch rival but but the the, the college football playoffs is such a 
a phenomenon. Like I've been, I have been a huge fan of mm-hmm. the change in the format, the bowl championship series. Um, you know, it was great, but when they changed it to the playoff format, I've been such a huge fan. And despite mm-hmm. the fact that Clemson has been such a big part of that, I still enjoy all of it. You oh, know? for sure. So I, I get where you're coming from. You can get past that just yeah. to be in awe of the spectacle that you're witnessing. For sure. So, and, th- it, and, well, and it seems to be a thing that there's always the, the fourth team is always some matter of argument typically. Right, and I right. think that's a lot of the beauty of college football is the argument and the, you know, oh, so-and-so deserves to get in over so-and-so, and here's why. It's not, it's not as clear-cut as the NFL is, which, right. is, which is bad in some ways, and in some ways it just sparks a lot of interesting conversation. You know? Yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I, I enjoy that kind of debate. Mm-hmm. But I felt like this season it came down to, like, you really couldn't have any other four teams, right? Like, the fourth yeah. team this year, like... It was, it, was, it was the first playoffs I can remember in a, in a little while where it felt balanced mm-hmm. there wasn't a top a clear top two or top three and then like oh like so and so team like really just like back their way into this you know right, right it seemed like every team had an equal right to be there yeah which is what you want you know? yeah exactly um so um, you got to go past the media barriers to get yeah to, so close they, to the they airplane? shuttled us out to the new orleans airport and um, they were like, okay, we have a, a designated media section on the tarmac. We had to go and, you know, like give them our driver's license for them to scan, you know, like get go past a lot of security clearance to uh-huh. be able to do that. Um, and there was a fenced in area and there was a lot of local media, uh, like New Orleans media covering it. Oh, there was sure. a lot of, there was a lot of South Carolina media there, which was kind of cool to see like uh, beat writers for Clemson, you know, WYFF people. And it was kind of cool to see them all the way out there. News 4 was there? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I grew up with them. <laughs> yeah. So um, um, so we were behind this barrier, and I was kind of like, ah, oh, man, this, this is kind of a ways from the plane. I was really kind of hoping we'd be a little bit closer. And then the college football playoffs was able to pull some strings at some point. I know that's, that gets difficult when you have airport security involved. Yeah. You know? um, but they were able to do something to be able to get our content team and it was a couple social media people um a video guy and then two photo people across that barrier and pretty much we could walk right up to the stairs of the plane when it came in and um take photos of those guys like as they got out wow yeah just being right up close with them like is that something that have you taken I guess, have you traveled with the team a lot? Do you take photos of them getting off the plane? I feel like I wouldn't know no, where to stand I, or like how to act around these yeah. guys, you know? Um, well, because normally if you were to travel with the team, you'd also be on the plane. Yeah. And typically you'd be the fr- you'd, you'd try to get off first and then get the guys coming off. I did that one time um, when I worked at Missouri and they went to the March Madness in Nashville. I was able to do that. But this is my first time on a stage like this, you know? Yeah. These are two teams that everybody in the country is very closely paying attention to so it was it was a really cool experience and i do remember they the the plane came in they rolled out this big orange carpet you know it was like the equivalent of the red carpet but it was orange of course (laughs) and um and it was a it was a really really like cloudy windy day but the sun kind of broke through the clouds like right as the plane got there which was awesome for photos you know the sun was lower in the sky um but they, they rolled this big orange carpet out. And I think Dabo was the first one off the plane. And, you know, they, they bring the stairs down. And then it, a few minutes go by. And then they all start walking off. And I remember I was like, oh, like, 
I'm in the perfect position to get this Dabo shot. You know, it's going to be great. He's smiling. He's waving at people. And um, the wind picked up the rug and kind of blew it <laughs> backwards, like as Dabo's like first stepping onto it. And so he's like, he kind of, he kind of freezes and it's like this wind or this rug <laughs> is just blowing everywhere and it's like folding all up on itself. Yeah. And I was like, and he kind of like stepped around, went behind some people to like keep walking to the buses. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, dang it. Like mother nature <laughs> did not want me to get that photo apparently. That's, but, well, that sounds to me like mother nature was giving Clemson a little bit of an omen. You know, the first step <laughs> you off You could the read plane. it like that now. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. But, yeah. They, they pretty quickly escorted that, uh, that rug off the tarmac and just had him walk across the concrete. But, um, but you got some amazing shots. Was Is it just kind of a free-for-all, whereas the players are coming out, you're just sh yeah. pointing and shooting? Or? You try to find the, the bigger guys because mm -hmm. those are the – you know, you want to find Trevor Lawrence. Travis Etienne. You know, Travis Etienne, Justin Ross. You want to find the the big known guys because those are the ones that the fans want to see photos of getting right. off the plane. And um, – not working for Clemson, I don't really know what a lot of those guys look like. <laughs> Obviously, I know what Trevor Lawrence looks like. They're not wearing their jerseys. I know what ETN <laughs> looks like. Yeah, but um, I'm not. I'm not a Clemson fan, so I'm not familiar with these dudes. So I was just kind of rapid fire, just everybody that walked by. Um, I mean, they were suited up. It was cool. I got a. I got a couple. What I think are pretty good photos. From oh yeah. It. But yeah. And I well and. I guess um, I'll mention this. Obviously, your Instagram handle is going to be in the description here. If you mm -hmm. go to Jacob's account, you can see um, a lot of these photos in a story that he saved. Mm -hmm. uh, what do they call those? Memories? Yeah, um, it's like a, a highlight. I think. Hi oh, highlights. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And anyway, so yeah, because there's some pretty good ones on there. Mm -hmm. uh, that came I mean, how many photos make it that or How many do you take compared to how many make it oh, that man. far? I'm of, I'm of the belief that I take a lot in the chances of a few of them being good or, or a lot higher. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Just, um, so I'm kind of there just rapid, just <laughs> when guys walk by, <laughs> Oh, you know, that sound at any press conference, you always <laughs> hear them talking. Or, <laughs> yeah. All the oh, background. Yeah. But I, I was able to get, you know, like I, I was off to the side at first and then there was nobody, everybody was just moving all over the place. It was kind of chaotic. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like stand right in the middle when they get off and they can just walk around me. <laughs> and I'm like, these photos are going to be cooler. And a lot of times, like I was right there when they got off the plane, like right in front of them. So a lot of them would like pose for the camera. Nice. And that ended up being cool. But, um, but yeah. Well, very was... cool. So Clemson got off the plane. You didn't, you didn't see LSU get off the, off the no, bus? No, that was, they got there a couple hours later, but other people were assigned to okay. LSU. So, okay. So, yeah. um, after that, there was um, media day um, for the college football playoffs. Yeah, right. And mm -hmm. um, so, what was that like? I've I've seen media day um, for various sports, I guess. Um, but are you just there to get photos, or is there anything else? So we went as a team. Everybody was assigned to media day because uh -huh. that's one of the biggest parts of the week. Right. I mean, this these teams get there three, four days before the actual game. You know? Right. Right. And they, there's a lot of events going on that they're doing um, that are community-related, that are media-related. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an entire week full of stuff. And Media Day is one of the bigger events of that week. And it was at Xavier University of Louisiana, I believe is what it was called. And it was the first time a college football playoff Media Day had been hosted at an HBCU, which is pretty cool. Okay. Um, you know, it wasn't just like the local convention center or the Superdome or anything. 
Um, so they had it all set up. We got there. I mean, we had, we left the hotel at probably five 30 in the morning, um, to just get there, get established, um, take some establishing shots, you know? Yeah. So from a social media strategy standpoint, you don't want to just wake up in the morning and start posting like, Oh, here's Dabo talking to media. You know, it's like <laughs> you want to set the scene a little bit. And so we, as soon as we got there, they were kind of like, Hey, we should get a, like a wide shot of the empty. I, 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 I don't know if it was their basketball arena or whatever it was. It was a big area. Mm-hmm. And, um, they were like, we want just a wide shot of the empty arena with all the media, with all the media day stuff set up. Uh, just as an establishing shot, you know, for like, oh, the stage is set, you know, ready for media day yeah. in a couple hours. Is it both teams doing media day yeah, in the same so location? Both, so Clemson went first and then LSU went pretty soon, 30 minutes after. Okay. So they had six, six or eight podiums set up, kind of raised above the ground. And they had like, I think it was four of like the big players of each team. And then the head, and then on one side, and then on the other side was like the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, and like another coach typically. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as your responsibilities for this, are you strictly photography? Yeah. Or? So for this, I was photography. I was okay. photography pretty much the entire week for so, everything. So when you take photos, you're handing them off to some social media specialist mm-hmm. who's. So there was an entire process it. for that. So we needed them. So we had a graphic designer who actually also works here slash worked here. He actually oh. just left to pursue an opportunity with the San Jose Sharks, but he was one of our interns here and he was the graphics guy for the college football playoffs. And, um, but he had these quote templates built out and he just needed like a photo, like, okay, I need a photo of Trevor. I need a photo of Joe Burrow. I need a photo of coach. O, and immediately sent to him as fast as he can. So he can put it in this template that he's got type, you know, some notable quote that they had. And then they're able to tweet that out. But everything we did, yeah, it was like we would take a photo, usually edit it, and then send it to the social media team, mm-hmm. like the the posting people. And they, you know, they would think of captions and schedule, you know, when they wanted to tweet stuff in what order. Do they give you kind of like a scavenger hunt list? It's like we need photos of this, 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 and this. Or it's, is it- yeah, it's not it's not anything very established like that. But uh-huh. it's like, hey, let's get a wide shot of the arena. Hey, let's get you know the notable guys, which are the ones at speaking at media day. Yeah, cause, well, I, I hadn't really thought about the um, expediency of the process because mm-hmm. you can't take all the photos and then it's like, all right, let's go home and make you know graphics yeah, yeah. And, in a and few hours about, yeah yeah tweet about 12 hours after it actually yeah happened, so you wanted right? to go out then and thankfully i mean we had four or five photo people at that because it was the entire team all covering it so it was pretty easy for somebody to get photos back to them mm-hmm. for them to tweet out in the moment you know yeah and um and then obviously you have ones that will go out afterwards that you might spend a little more time, you know, are you, know, you are you, um, you know, so consumed by what you're working on that you're too busy to listen to what's going on? Or were you actually like, did you feel like you were part of the audience for these press conferences? I mean, yes and no. It's kind of the same when you're shooting a game. It's like you're watching it. Mm-hmm. You're seeing it physically, but you're not really watching it and processing what exactly is happening. Right. You're just like in the moment, like I have to get, there's, they're celebrating here. There's action here. They just scored a touchdown. Like 
you're seeing it physically, but you're not, you, you can go back on YouTube or whatever and watch the game afterwards and be like, oh, wow, like, I don't even remember that <laughs> happening, you know? Yeah. I thought that play was totally different than what it actually was. But yeah, yeah, so in this case, a little bit, I would get excerpts of what they were saying, but for the most part, I was focused on getting the shot. Right. You know? Well, that's your so, job. Yeah. Get the shot. Yeah. And uh, well, actually, and a cool part of this was one of the other photographers there had a prism and it was just this little $12 like glass crystal thing. And you would hold it up beside the lens and they, you, you need light to shine through it for it to kind of really like reflect cool things like over the photo. But, and the, the way the lighting was set up immediately, it was these real harsh white lights, like kind of shining right on them. Uh-huh. So it was really easy to pick that up. And I kind of borrowed that from him. He did a few and I was like, oh man, I have to try that. Like when LSU comes out here, and so when LSU was out, you know, I was out there with this little crystal beside my camera, probably looking like a total idiot to like the other media people there. That, <laughs> I'm like, because uh. a lot of the other media is there to strictly document, mm-hmm. not necessarily have cool, creative photos of stuff. That's an, yeah, so, that's an important distinction to make. Yeah, there's too. a huge difference. And it's, it's less document, unedited. You know, a lot of them have to do that like right in the moment for yeah. like, news sources and things like that local but, news newspapers stuff like that yeah but like with us we're posting on social media so we can get a little bit more creative with it and so i was i was in there like in fr- a few feet away from coach o with this crystal in front of my lens like <laughs> it probably looked like an idiot but <laughs> it ended up being one of my favorite photos i've ever taken it it reflected like the college football playoff logo from something behind me and it kind of overlaid it so it looked like it was on top of him. I couldn't, I couldn't wow. replicate that photo if I tried. Yeah, and I mean, but you're uh, you're doing a great jo- job of describing it, but you really <laughs> just have to go look at yeah, these for sure. photos because sure. um, it was they they're beautiful. Um, that's why again, link in the description to go yeah. take a look at these photos. An audio podcast, but this is a very visual thing we're mm-hmm. talking about. Was that? Uh, did you have that feeling of like I can't believe I'm in like this close up with Ed Orgeron, yeah. you know, or even you, you reach, you had, I had that at first, and then it reaches the point where you see so many kind of famous media people that you almost get desensitized to it. Yeah, well, you, yeah, obviously, um, this isn't your first time being around big time head coaches. Like, yeah, but I mean, this is the first time where there's so much prevalent national media there. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I would look over and like Mark Richt and Tim Tebow are sitting over there talking and like Reese Davis is walking around, you know, like yeah. there's, there's notable sports personalities at this media day. And I just remember seeing like, you know, Holly Rowe walking around and like, <laughs> and yeah, just, and you're just was holding a crystal Kirk Herb streets there and like <laughs> Marty Smith and all these people. And you kind of just get, you're like, oh wow. Like, you know, Marty Smith just walked right in front of me and he, just you know, just a normal guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was cool. And it went by pretty fast, but, um, it's, well, it's such an important part of the week, especially for you guys, because you guys literally Mm -hmm. are the media. Yeah. And Um, it's designed for, yeah, for people to get quotes from players mm -hmm. and write stories and things like that. And typically you don't want other people with cameras in your shots, but for something like this, like I didn't mind kind of standing back behind the press a little bit mm-hmm. and getting people holding cameras in front of these guys, you know, because that's the it, entire yeah, point of it's it. It's media day. Yeah. yeah. Even so. capturing the media. They're definitely a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So moving forward a few steps in uh, in this, you were scheduled to take photos of Clemson's practice, right? Yeah. What so happened with that? 
So during media day, there was apparently like a really, really big rainstorm moved through New Orleans. And it was like that the entire week. I mean, the sun was barely out. It was rainy and misty the entire week. And that morning... As a photographer, it sounds like that's not ideal. Yeah, not ideal. (laughs) Um, But that morning while media day was happening, apparently a big rainstorm moved through New Orleans. And I remember the power even flickering there for a little bit and just thinking like, oh, you know, we probably just have so much plugged into it that (laughs) um, didn't even think about it. But LSU was scheduled to practice at the Saints indoor facility early that afternoon. And I was assigned to Clemson's practice, which was scheduled to happen outdoors at Tulane football's practice field, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. And since it was outdoors and like a giant rainstorm had just moved through and everything was soaking wet, they didn't want to practice there anymore. And But LSU was already using the Saints indoor at that time. And so it was one of those things where they could have rescheduled to, you know, move their schedule around, go practice indoors at the Saints facility later. And I just don't think they wanted to move their schedule around. So they ended up practicing in the ballroom of the Hilton they were staying at. Which that led to some very interesting photos. Um, it, yeah, it, it looks like some uh, like bizarre like uh, dream that someone had about mm. football. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. It was a, a players, first. Yeah, yeah. The players like are wearing not like full uniforms. They're wearing mm. like semi. You can tell which team they play for. They're wearing helmets, but like they're wearing gym shorts yeah. and they're on carpet. Um, so the photos that came out for that are very unique, very interesting yeah. to look at. It was pretty much a walkthrough practice. I want to say it was like they had like 14 practices or something leading up to this game. And this was the last one. So it wasn't incredibly important. Uh-huh. You know, they if they didn't have it down by then, like you're, you know, well, <laughs> you're I out mean, of luck. And but for people who don't understand like what it's like to practice football. I mean, this was mostly just making sure they knew what to do on their various. Yeah, it would be calls. certain drills. And I think this practice really was just emphasizing it was a lot of stretching and it was a lot of special teams work from uh-huh. what I remember. Now we were allotted like a 10 minute window kind of like well, towards the beginning of practice stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Leaking um, out formations but the media, yeah, but the media was allowed a 10 minute window to go in this ballroom and your your area to stand it, you can't just roam around freely. So your area to stand in was this like two foot like from the wall area along the entire wall of the ballroom. So you didn't have that much room to work with. And um but I mean you go in there and yeah, like you said, it was kind of dreamlike. <laughs> like it's these guys, and it was more of a walkthrough uh than like a full practice, but it was guys in helmets and like they had the jersey but no pads, gym shorts, you know. Yeah. But, um, I mean, they were down, like, lined up, snapping the ball and stuff on carpet. You know, they have a chandelier above them. It was just, it was odd, you know. I've shot outdoors and I've shot in an indoor facility, but nothing quite like a hotel ballroom. Yeah, I mean, and they're not running full speed out there on these carpets, right? Yeah, no. They're just walking it through, making sure they know their assignments. Mm -hmm. For the most part, yeah. Yeah, on half of our designated time to shoot, they were stretching, and I was like, the whole time I kind of thought like, oh, I really hope this isn't the only thing we're allowed to, you know, watch is like them stretching. But I was able to get a couple, a few, a few minutes of action per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of, a lot of the other media people, they were real focused on like the stuff going on, like the action stuff going on across the room. And I was more like, mm, I might just, in this case, just get some scenic stuff. So like 
I walked over to where there were guys kind of kneeled down, like right near where we could stand. And they just kind of had their helmet on the ground. And I would take photos of that. And that actually ended up being my favorite photo of that practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another one I have on my highlight. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we weren't there long, but it was, it was definitely interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. It's definitely something. Um, I'm going to say this a bunch of times. Go look at this story because there's <laughs> some interesting photos. But, okay, so beyond that, there was a concert, an outdoor concert mm-hmm. um, that you got to take some amazing photos at. Um, I was, what blew me away is it looks like you're right in front of the stage mm-hmm. uh, when you got to take these photos. So what, what was your access level when you were at this concert? Yeah, so... I guess to kind of set the scene a little bit, there was a, there were two nights of outdoor concerts that were kind of fan fest events. You know, there was a lot of fan events around this week, just all throughout New Orleans. And this was one that they got some pretty notable names to perform at. And this was the first night and it's right on the, I think the Mississippi river right there. It was like right on the riverbanks at this outdoor venue. It was really, really cool. And it was like a guy named Max and then Nas, which was very cool. And then yeah, her. Absolute hip-hop legend. Yeah, her, who is like an incredibly talented artist as well. She went last. and um, But we kind of, we go there. You, we were able to get a vest. And then we had like at this like really exclusive access where we kind of like, because we had this vest on, we were able to go right up to the edge of the stage and there was like a security guard there and there was like a barricade and then a little area and then the stage. Right, you right. Know? So we were able to get into that little area and there were little like stool kind of things you could step up on. And I mean... So you're basically between the people who are at the front of the pit. Exactly, and yeah. The stage. You're between like the front line of people in the crowd and the performer, which was <sighs> cool. And um, I mean, you're only about 10, 15 feet from the artist himself. Uh-huh. And the thing about it was we were only able to use that spot for the first three songs of every act. Okay. So you had to get everything you needed then. And then afterwards you could kind of go out in the crowd and shoot from a little further away. But like, wait into like where all the people are standing. Yeah. They so let, you, could, you yeah. just brought your camera out there and just became yeah, part of the so group. Yeah. Wow. So you, you just kind of roam around. There was a lot of space, but for the first three songs, you know, it was go time. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, okay, I have to get everything I need now. Because you think three songs is a good bit of time, but when you're doing that, it it's like, oh man, he's already done with the second song. <laughs> but being that close to Nas when he was out was was awesome, and he was tough because he had like a black hoodie on, mm-hmm. and he had like a black hoodie, black pants with the hood up, and he like held the microphone right in front of his face, kind of like <laughs> tilted up the entire time. Trying so to remain did, anonymous. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I did not get many of many great ones of Nas. You know, I got a few that I liked, but for the most part, it was hard to tell who it even was. You know? Well, when you're in a complex lighting situation like that, I mean, mm. stage shows, if you look at anybody's Instagram story or Snapchat story after a concert, you know that those lighting is meant for a live viewing, not for like cameras to easily for sure. capture. For sure. So how much of like those, because I remember specifically you had like three different photos of the mm. artists and there's so much color. It, the color is so rich. How much of that uh, is the post-production and how much of that is just... Now that was the, the, that was the actual show. color of the lights at that time. Mm-hmm. I had... Lots. I had at least a couple hundred photos of each act for those three songs, and I was just sitting there just spamming it while I could. Mm-hmm. And I would go through and kind of like 
oh, the lights were like shining blue right here and they looked really cool. And they had this big college football playoff logo over top of them on the stage, which was neat. Um, and like, oh, the lights are orange here. And I kind of found ones that were very different in color and just put them and stacked them. But um, I guess what were those photos even like good before you got to the yeah, post-production, yeah. <laughs> I guess? And I've, I've never shot a concert before, so I was nervous. And it's, it's dark. But the lights provide a lot for you, uh-huh. you know, it is when the, when the light beam, I would kind of wait for the light beams to like shoot out towards the audience. And that's when I could get the best photos. Um, yeah, they looked amazing. But that didn't, I mean, yeah, that wasn't a whole lot of editing, honestly, because like it's somebody's job to make a cool light show during the con, you know? Yeah. That's so much of the concert experience that I'm just piggybacking off of, you know, their work of making mm-hmm. the lights go in cool ways. And, um. But yeah, I was able to get stuff that I really, I yeah, really liked. Yeah, I, I was just, I was like, what? Let's go to a <laughs> concert too? Like, oh, I thought man, this was about football. Oh man, it was all football. kinds of stuff, yeah. <laughs> I got to the point where I was like, wow, like I, I kind of forgot we're here for a football game. <laughs> There's so much other stuff to cover. Um, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's keep it moving um, to, you guys went to the stadium before the game, right? So how, I guess, wh- how close are we in the timeline to the actual kickoff after this concert? I believe the concert, it was two days before the game. Okay. So what um, else happened between that and the actual So game? the next day, we did like a stadium walkthrough as a team. So we kind of had to go like go through security there. And then there was a guy, I guess it worked for the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, that kind of just toured us around the entire place. He was like, okay, in two, on Monday when you guys come in, you're going to come right through this entrance. You're going to go right to the right. That's where like the media workroom is at. And that's just like a cavernous space at that stadium full of just empty tables with power hookups, you know, just hundreds and hundreds of seats. And they usually, they'll have food, like a food buffet for Mm -hmm. the media people. Um, And that's just where you put all your stuff and get situated. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where you'll like, that's kind of home base for the game. Like you'll set your computers up there. Like that's just kind of where everything's based out of. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you got Wi-Fi, you have Ethernet hookups if you need it. Um, but they kind of toured us through all that. They brought us up the elevator into the press box, which I, as a photographer, I wasn't in, but our social media people were sitting up there for the game. And um, we were able to just kind of like walk around in the Superdome is impressive. You know, it, it looks nice on TV, but I was blown away in real life when I saw it and just saw how big it is, mm-hmm. you know? It's not as many seats as you would think, um, as opposed to a lot of like the outdoor college stadiums, but it just looks huge because you have this huge domed ceiling. Oh, yeah. And all the noise just gets trapped in there, man. It gets loud. It but, seems like the logical place to have something like a championship. For sure, you know? yeah. I mean, and with, the, with as much rain as they had that week, you don't have weather impacting the game at all. Um, you kind of need it like an indoor location, ideally. Yeah. But um, so we were able to kind of look down. Now, the way their press box is set up there is it's open air. So a lot of press boxes in most stadiums are enclosed behind like a glass window. Yeah. And you're kind of looking down on the field from up high. And at New Orleans, it's there is no glass window. It's just kind of like part of the stadium, just way up high. Mm -hmm. And so you're really able to hear like the crowd, the game, everything just organically. And but I was able to look down and just see. I think I took like a wide photo from up there of the completely empty Superdome and, you know, and they had the LSU painted end zone and the Clemson painted end zone 
And then afterwards, we were able to like kind of go down on the field and walk around. And like while there was nothing going on, that's kind of like all of us, you know, got our little photo op like at the nice. at the 50 yard line. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of go out there and everybody would like get their photo, like crouch down on the 50, like their their Instagram flex photo. Oh, you, know? that, oh, you have to have yeah, it. You, you have, have to. to. <laughs> while, while you have that chance, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're going to be taking pictures of everyone else for the rest of the time. You know, we got yeah, your, sure. your moment in the spot. And that, that ended up being my most liked Instagram photo ever. Oh, so, yeah. a new it was It was worth it. Yeah. Wait, what? It, what is uh, the number? If you don't mind. I, it was the first one to break 500. I Ooh. think I don't typically. <laughs> get even nearly that many but that's awesome. for whatever reason yeah that one did all um, right but yeah so you guys walked through i mean that's so you guys know where you go i mean that's yeah. partially just so that way you're not walking in on game day when there's a jillion other things going on like walking around clueless right. you know it's like okay we come in we go to the right well you mentioned the press box you don't spend much time in the press box right you're an on-field guy as for photography, yes. Mm-hmm. When I was more into graphics, typically you are up in the press box okay. with your computer um, and you're getting photos from the photographers and then you incorporating them in your graphics. But you typically like to sit beside the SIDs or the people that are tweeting during the game. Right. Um, the graphic designer typically is right beside them. But for this game, I was on the field. I didn't even have press box access, I don't think, for this. Well, that's down on the field. That's where the action's at. Exactly, yeah. Um, okay, so... Are we ready to talk about the actual game itself? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, for so, sure. so I, I feel like uh, before we get to the actual, well, I guess we'll start from the beginning. So do you get there long before the game starts? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, they shuttled us over that morning, I believe at like nine, nine fifteen AM. And it was cool because it had, it was like a police escort shuttle with all the media on it from the hotel to the Superdome, which is about a mile or two. It's not far. But driving through New Orleans, obviously, it's a major city, so the traffic gets very bad, especially on game day like that. Mm-hmm. And so they had a police, they had you know the police on the motorcycles, like to the sides and in front of the bus, and we were able to just coast right through red lights and everything, which was cool. And I've experienced that before traveling with Missouri football at my former job, but it was neat to just I don't know, it's always cool to oh yeah. To be sitting and you know everybody's very sta- important. Yeah, everybody, everybody, <laughs> all the passers by are like staring at the bus, like, "Oh, is that the team driving by?" <laughs> no, it's just the guy with the camera. You know, <laughs> not nearly as exciting, <laughs> but very important. So for sure, they got and, uh, you guys out there early. And what did you do all day in the in the? So stadium? we we got there, we set up, we you know we kind of claimed our spot before a lot of the other media got there because we have a lot of people, and um kind of claimed our spot in the corner of the media workroom. And at that point, we just kind of waited around for a while. Um, A hugely important part of this game was that all the major, of the three major camera companies, Nikon, Canon, and Sony, set up a, not a sales rep, but like a, hey, if your camera is broken or something's messed up with it, you can bring it here. It's kind of like a they'll help you out and fix it and diagnose whatever's wrong with oh, it. Oh, wow. But they also had a guy that you could rent a camera and lenses from for the game to shoot the game. And he's right there in the workroom. And you can, you you know, you sign a contract with whatever you rented. You Like, the, he looks at your driver's license. And then you have to return it right after the game. But, like, that was a game changer because I, I came in there with a lens that would have been good for it, but not I would not nearly be able to get the shots that I was able to get. 
Um, well, because I saw a picture of you with this absolutely just oh, yeah. disgustingly large lens. <laughs> was that the guy who got that to you? Yeah. So I we actually went the day before because they were set up in the hotel, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, I can just really rent whatever." And he was like, "Yeah, like whatever you want. Just I mean, what do you want?" And I was like, "Oh, I'll have you know, so and so camera body, and then do you have this this certain lens?" And I was fully expecting him to be like, like, no, we don't have that. You know, (laughs) like this is a, it's a lens that's just stupid big and incredibly expensive. What's it called? It's, it's a 400 millimeter 2.8, which essentially like lets you get very, very zoomed in and also have a large amount of like bokeh slash background blur. You know, it makes the photos look kind of like nice and crisp. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's something that obviously is you pay big money for typically. And even to rent one of those lenses for the week was like $400 just to rent it for seven days. Wow. So I was kind of like, nah, you know, I'll, I'll make do with what I have. And I was like, oh, you know, I was throwing up a prayer. I was like, you know, do you have this (laughs) lens available? And he was like, yeah, what else? (laughs) And I I was just, I kind of like stood there and I was like, I, I felt like a kid in a candy store. I didn't I was like, I can get anything. Like, wow. Yeah. And he, yeah. And you just, you know, you sign it, you sign your name on it. And it was a, uh, they, they would list like the retail price of the equipment you rented. And I just remember sign and they were just like, yeah, just return it right after the game. And I remember signing my name and it was like retail price for everything I rented was like $17,000 or something. <laughs> and I was like this, I just don't oh, drop it. Yeah. Oh dude. I, <laughs> I was so nervous that like a play would have come at me or something. I would have like sacrificed my body for that lens. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now that you're saying this again, I I hadn't really thought much about this before, but you see some cameramen get absolutely annihilated on the sidelines. Is that part of that? It's a thought process. They just don't want to get their camera. You know, you got to think about your gear, but obviously you got to think about your life, but (laughs) (laughs) you got to protect the gear. And that's actually happened to me before. Um, Not to get too off track, but (laughs) Uh, I was out at a South Carolina practice this past spring, uh-huh. and um, I was like right on the sideline while they're scrimmaging or something, and I was taking photos of a wide receiver like running his route, and they threw it to him, and it was kind of it was like a screen, so he was right on the sideline right near me, and I remember one of our DBs ran over and just like shoved him out of bounds, and I was like so focused on getting the photo that I had like half a second to react, and I kind of like lift i kind of like pulled the camera down and like this receiver just like slams into me i mean i had the wind knocked out of me i was like laying on the ground <laughs> everybody was kind of gathered like i was only down for like a second but everybody kind of like standing around me was kind of gathered around like oh you like you're good like, you're right <laughs> and they actually went and found that practice footage so they shoot all the practices from way up high in those towers yeah and they scrubbed through and found that exact moment. And I actually, like, I believe I posted it somewhere. I have the video still. <laughs> but it's just me getting absolutely decked by this guy. But, yeah, so there's a real risk of that happening in every game. You never know when a play is going to come right at you. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're very and brave. They're not, yeah, and they're, well, and they're not they're not paying any attention to who's on the sideline, you know. So yeah, yeah. You got you to gotta look out for yourself out there. Yeah, definitely, dude. Oh, but, my gosh. But, um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so we get there. I, I was able to rent that camera equipment, which was incredibly nice. Um, and then my the, the lady that was kind of orchestrating everything was like, hey, I got you access to 
the team locker rooms if you want to go shoot some like beforehand photos of like their gear in like their before lockers. the players even get yeah to before the, the teams room. even get there like several hours before the teams even get there and i was like oh that would be awesome you know and so i went to clemson's first and you know you walk in it's like trevor lawrence's jersey just sitting there in his helmet in his locker and nobody's really there but the equipment managers at that time. And I'm there to kind of document. They wanted like four good photos just showcasing the locker room of both teams. And so I went in Clemson's first and just kind of like, they were like, yeah, I mean, you can take the stuff out of the locker and like position it however you need for the photo as long as you put it back where it was, yeah. you know. And um, so I was able to go in there and I was like, pull, like pulling guys' helmets out of their locker and like posing it. Like, wow. And it was cool because I'm like, wow, this is literally, you know, like the star quarterback's jersey that he's going to be wearing in a few hours for this game. And I mean, Joe Burrow may be one of the, like, maybe the greatest season that a college oh, football quarterback has ever had. And you're like, yeah. oh, I'll just touch his jersey. Yeah, I'm, his- out, I'm out there pulling <laughs> Joe Burrow's helmet out of his locker and, like, <laughs> positioning it to get it nice. You know, they had, uh, LSU had these Odell Beckham cleats. They were, like, these custom cleats. I saw photos of the, oh, they said yeah. OBJ on the yeah, side. Yeah, they right? were gold, and it said OBJ in purple down the, down the side of it. And I pulled them out of one dude's locker and just kind of, like, put them on the floor, like, positioned them nice and took photos of that. And I just got those over to our social media team, and they posted it. You know, it's just, like, yeah, like, LSU's threads for the evening, you know? <laughs> it's like, and then it'd be four photos of their locker room. But, um, so that was, that was really neat. Um, another another small detail that I forgot to mention was they provided us disposable cameras. Oh for yeah, this. I I was gonna ask you about this because you <laughs> I see all this stuff you're posting all week of you like you know you've got the lens you're you're <laughs> taking these amazing photos and then you're like for like this special occasion I'm busting out the disposable camera. <laughs> yeah, like, the, that seems like a, you're going backwards. It <laughs> does, and it's in it's in it's a thing right now. I've I've seen some of it lately. And it's, um, it's almost, it's like retro, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like how Polaroids have kind of come back a little bit. It's like, Ooh, this yes. is vintage. Like yes. taking disposable camera photos of big moments like that, it has its own kind of like uniqueness to it, you know? Yeah. And so I had this thing and, you know, and it has like 25 or 26 exposures like loaded into it and that's all you get. So I was like really particular about which what I was taking photos of that week. I didn't want to just have a bunch of like random photos. I was like, I'm going to save this for like really cool. Like, oh, I need to take a photo. Like yeah. I'll get the real photo with the real camera and then I'll take a cool little disposable one. And um, I was able to get one of those of the OBJ cleats and like Joe Burrow's jersey and helmet like sitting in his locker. And things like, you know, when the teams got there, I'd like take a bunch of photos and I'd reach in my pocket and like snap a little disposable one. And was, you said they provided those to you? Yeah. But was yeah. that more, the intention was just to be the intention a, pure, is just, a keepsake, you know, yeah, for you? Yeah, that and yeah, just, oh, here's these if you want to use it. And you can use it to like take photos of each other. Like it's just like a little memory having thing. I like that a lot. Yeah. And so I, I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, this is going to be an absolute like banger of a roll of film for some CVS employee to be developed. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that OBJ? So I'm bringing, yeah, I'm bringing this, this like, like cheap camera, this cheap little disposable camera to a CVS in Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> 
and it's photos of you know Joe Burrow's jersey sitting in his locker, and it's um, <laughs> I I actually just they had a I just brought that to them this week. They had to ship it off to process somewhere, and mm-hmm. they said it'd take like fourteen days or something to get back. So Bruh. I'm looking forward to seeing those. Well, it's but, a good thing we've moved past that technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah. So and then. Yeah. So it was the it was the locker room before the game. Got those shots. Yeah. And then a couple hours, around 5 o'clock, I think the kickoff was at 8, 7 or 8. I think it was a 7. Yeah. The teams got there around like 5, 5.30. And they just came in like one of the loading dock areas of the Superdome. So I went there, took photos of them, suited up, you know, walking in with their headphones on, things like that. And then there's a little bit of downtime between then. And then it's really like the game gets going, you know. And it was surreal. It was surreal walking out in the Superdome the day before when we did the walkthrough and it was empty just to see how big it was. Yeah. But, like, it didn't hit me really what I was doing and what I was there for until I walked out and they had already, like, started to let fans in. And I walked out, like, an hour or so before the game. And, like, a lot of the stadium's already full. And you just see, like, camera flashes and just thousands and thousands of people. And it's it's already loud. And I was like wow, like, I'm here, you know, doing this. Like, this is wild. Yeah. And it, that's when it sunk in for me. Um, well, and the game starts, uh, well, before the game, the president comes out. Yeah. Um, and th- that takes it to a whole nother level that this guy's here. Like, d- did you see Secret Service guys or any sort of, like, added security? Yeah, because so... that was, like, indicative. It's like, oh, de- the yeah. president is definitely here. So the security to get into the Superdome that morning was incredibly tight. I've never... Even in an airport, it seemed like I've never gone through that hard of security. Because, um, you know, we're walking in with backpacks full of, full of gear and yeah. things like that. And they need to make absolute certain that nobody's bringing things in that yeah. aren't supposed to be in there. Right. And so I remember we had to not only go through the metal detector, like that was like the last thing. We had to like set all our bags on like a pile on the ground and have a dude walk over it with like the German Shepherd to like Mm -hmm. sniff it like three different times. And then they had like all these burly like security dudes that would go through it all and like literally unzip every pocket, unzip every like lens case, everything. Yeah. I mean, they were like taking your bag apart. To uh, be able to see, uh, to, nobody's bringing. Yeah, in no chances. Anything. They're yeah. taking zero chances. And it took. Yeah, it f- I felt like it took 15, 20 minutes just to get through the security to get in. That's just for the media people there that morning. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so we're out on the field. It's still a few minutes from kickoff, and that's when they start the the pageantry of uh-huh. the game itself. You know, and they're doing like the hype video, and and then they're like, oh, so you know, like. Now welcoming to the field, like President Trump, you know, and he comes walking out of the tunnel across the field with all these cadets and the first lady. And then that's when they do the um, the national anthem and stuff. And it was cool. I was just sitting there with my camera and I was like, wow, like I'm a couple hundred feet away from Donald Trump right, right. now. You know, it's like uh, it was, that it was so wild. crazy. Like, yeah. and, and so you're like that whole time. Um, is it unpatriotic to take photos during the national anthem? Like, do, I, do people expect you to stop and... and I don't... See, that's the thing that I don't really know. I don't know what the etiquette for that is. Usually, I, like, I'll take my hat off and, like, just participate, you know? Yeah. But um, I think because it was Donald Trump there, like, a lot of people were focused on that. Oh, yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, him coming there, like, they wouldn't tell people what entryway he was coming in. Like, it was all very secretive. Like, 
exactly what time he was going to get there, exactly what entrance he was going to mm-hmm. come through. They have to have it that way. And um, so, yeah, he appeared. I believe he was there for most of the game, and then they flew back to D.C. But, yeah, oh, it, was, it was neat seeing. But, yeah, that, I mean, just another. Somebody of that of that caliber, yeah. you know. You, I mean, um, you're there amongst nationally recognizable people left mm-hmm. and right, and then you have this other guy who shows up and just takes it that much like, to another level, which <laughs> is sure. super cool. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so with that out of the way, now we have the game itself. The game itself, yeah. So, what? Um, and, I mean, is this any different because it's the national championship? Um, as far as like your ability to go around the field, is it the same as like when you're doing a Gamecocks football game, or is it somehow different because um, you're now just kind of neutral? You know, yeah. you're not free. So we would team. split because we had so many photo people. We would split the quarters of like who was going to be out there for so and so quarters. Oh, okay. I, and some people, you know, were like the first and the fourth. Some people were like second and third. And I had the first, second, and fourth. Oh, so nice. the third quarter, I had like not off, but like you're in the workroom and you're like editing some of the photos you already got and you're running out to the field for like people that are filling up their memory cards. Like I am now the, like they'll text me and be like, Hey, you know, I need a new card. Can you come grab mine? And can you like pull some of the good photos off of it? Okay. It's an entire process. Teamwork. For sure. Yeah. So you're, you're not just chilling during that quarter. You're (laughs) off, you know, you're, (laughs) you're, you're working still, but what was the best quarter for photos? Um, I'm assuming the fourth. But. Yeah, probably the fourth. But um, it was it was a good game. I mean, it was there was a lot of action going on. Mm-hmm. Um, they were scoring a lot of points. This is, I mean, this is you'd be hard pressed to find very many better quarterback matchups ever. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. I mean, this is the first round draft pick, the first overall draft pick this year versus most likely the first round overall next year. Oh yeah, and I was so, I, mean, I, I was talking about this um, the way I was pitching this game to people. It's like. You had Joe Burrow, who was in the middle of probably the best single season that a college oh, for sure. football quarterback has ever had. And then you had Trevor Lawrence, who was already a national champion, mm-hmm. had never lost a game of football in his life, mm-hmm. and was on his way to potentially going back-to-back with the potential to go thrice and then go he he could have um you know obviously things change now but at the time you could have projected him to go into the nfl with three natties and zero losses it yeah, would be like the greatest career of all time mm. so there was a so much hype behind this matchup oh, whether sure. whether you love or hate clemson you can't deny that it was an mm. amazing and it was spectacular because i mean these are the these are the two best teams in the country mm-hmm. and they're i mean in that game was i mean lsu kind of pulled away at the end but that was every bit as exciting as it should have been. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, both guys were scoring touchdowns and, you know, it was it was really awesome. But how do you decide? Because um, I, I guess first, how many photographers are out there? Oh, um, lots. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole sidelines crowded, especially a game of that caliber. There's going to be every media person that can get credentialed is going to be there. Right. So are you staking out your spot and sticking to it for the yeah. whole quarter? Well, or are you because I had that lens, point? I did not need to move all that much. A uh-huh. lot of people move like I just I knew we had four other photo people. All we would try and coordinate like, hey, you go to the other side of the field because I'm right here. Mm-hmm. So we were getting all angles, and I had that lens that I could look downfield and still pretty much have a good photo of these guys. And I'm like, I don't really need to move a whole ton, um, but. Man, you're, I mean, you're crouched down the whole time. My knees are killing me, man. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you just kind of follow. And this is the first time I had to cover both teams, you know? Yeah. Typically, like, 
you're going to be shooting one one of the teams playing, and then the, you just like you you don't you don't pay any attention to the guys on the other side of the field. You right, know? right. And um, but this was the first time I was like, wow, like I can just there's everything to photograph, you know, like. LSU gets a sack and they're celebrating like I would really try to focus on emotion moments like that mm-hmm. a guy celebrating like when he sacks Trevor Lawrence or like you made a guy a, making a crazy touchdown yeah you made a um I don't even know it's like a gif but it's just like a sequence of photos that you mm-hmm. took together of a LSU player kind of celebrating after a big play yeah um is that up to your discretion or is it like on plays where you get a sack you're the guy who's supposed to take photos of the guy who gets the sack or it's like yeah. you're you're assigned to certain it depends where you are because it, at South Carolina we've been dividing it by position mm-hmm. so we'll switch throughout the game but like it for one game I may have quarterbacks and running backs and that's all I'm taking photos of mm-hmm. and then you'll have a defensive position so it could be like okay I also have linebackers when we're on defense those are my guys I'm trusting the other people to get photos of theirs. Right. You know? Right. Um, here, there was nothing really like that. It's just kind of like just you're shooting the action, you know? I would, I typically would try to ISO on a player. So I would like, there'd be a receiver lined up and I just kind of like lock onto him and follow him. And sometimes like he's never thrown to. Right. And it's nothing. But sometimes you do get really lucky and like that's the guy that scored as a touchdown. Or like a lot of times, I would either focus on the quarterback or the defensive end, like the guy that was lined up that was like most likely to get a sack. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and or if a dude did get a sack, I would immediately go over because, to me, the more timeless photos are the emotion afterwards, and not necessarily the play itself. Mm-hmm. So, like the guy getting that sack isn't as timeless, in my opinion. As him with that like crazy like shouting celebration afterwards. Right, right. Those are the photos that do better and that people want to see and that you look back on as like wow like these are my best ones from this game you know. Those are the ones you frame. Yeah. So those are the ones I'm. Those are the ones I was focused on getting Mm -hmm. a lot of times. But yeah, so I was out there the first half and then the fourth quarter, and by the fourth quarter LSU started pulling away you know, and at first it kind of seemed like the stadium was. I'd say probably 60-40 LSU, as is expected. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, a, essentially a home, you're in home yeah. territory. As is expected, yeah. But, I mean, Clemson traveled really well because I know a lot of their fans bought tickets after last year's championship because they're, they're like, well, we're pretty likely to come back. Yeah. And if we don't, we can just sell these tickets for probably more than we bought them for, wow. you know? So, well, you can um, do that. You can buy them like a year in advance. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Wow. <laughs> And um, only Clemson can have that kind of confidence. You know? <laughs> I would never, but <laughs> but um, but as the fourth quarter progressed and Joe Burrow proved that he's Joe Burrow and he's yeah the best single season career of any college quarterback. I think he broke the record during that game. Yeah, for touchdown passes. for most touchdown passes in a single season. Mm-hmm. Um, but. As that happened, you know, a lot of the Clemson crowd kind of started to thin out and it became more 70-30 LSU, 80-20, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, man, I just, I will never forget just how loud it got in there, especially when LSU started pulling away like that. Yeah. And the LSU band started playing a song called Neck, and I don't know if you've heard of it. I've heard reference to Neck. I don't know what it is, Yeah, though. so it's a, it's a song that the band used to do 
that has like a pretty explicit chant following it. <laughs> the, the LSU, I, th- I believe, has like banned the band from doing at games. Okay. But in a moment like that, like they get fined or something if they play it. But in a moment like, hey, we're up two or we're up 17 points in the fourth quarter in the national championship in New Orleans. Like they're kind of like, you know what, we'll pay the fine. Like, <laughs> so they started playing it. And, like, the crowd starts chanting. And I just remember Joe Burrow sitting on the bench. And he's kind of, like, waving his arms up and down, like, hyping the crowd up. And I'm like, this is the loudest I've ever heard of a football stadium. Wow. Like, this is awesome. But um, because it wasn't a close game, by the last couple minutes, everybody knew who was going to win. Mm-hmm. So I went, dropped off my the long, expensive lens because I don't need that for post game. I went ahead and, like, got that back to the workroom. And then I've just put like a wide lens on my camera that wouldn't have been great for like in-game photos, but the celebration stuff you want. And so when there were like three minutes left in the game, I went ahead and did that and just like got over to the sideline, got like right up to the front and just like poised myself, like ready to go once this, once the clock hit zero, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so in once the clock hit zero to my like un you know my naive eyes it looks like absolute chaos yeah so do you even know where you're going once everyone's oh, no. field? no so we actually had had like a me- like an entire like group college football playoff meeting about this uh i think the night before the game and it was like you don't rush or no it was the photographers meeting in the workroom right before the game started and it was like you do not go out on the field Unless it's like the clock hits zero, you know, and I was yeah. like, okay, oh, like, definitely. So like I, I was like, okay, there's 30 seconds left. LSU is just gonna kneel it out. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And I was kind of crouched there, like, do I? And then people just started running, and there were like 32 <laughs> seconds left, and I was like, oh well, guess I'm going, you know. <laughs> and so, so I went, and it's just absolute chaos. There's, I don't, you're just shooting whatever you see. You know, obviously everybody's going to bolt for Coach O and Joe Burrow. Right. And because of that, I was like, well, there's no way I'm just going to like try to fight for a spot in this throng of people trying to shoot them. I'm There's 80-something other guys on this team that are also celebrating. I'm going to just go find people that don't have anybody near them. Okay. And so there's and like... And this is while confetti... Oh, yeah. So there's confetti shooting up everywhere and like falling down. It's this purple and gold confetti. And there's just guys like running all over the field and they're hugging each other and they're crying and like i just remember like the first thing i came across was these two guys and they were just like embracing each other like as tight as they could and like just sobbing and i was just like sitting there just like blasting photos you know yeah and um and then i walked over and the confetti had started to fall pretty heavily at this point to the point like there was a pretty good coat of it on the field and there was a dude making like snow angels in the confetti. And that was a photo I really wanted like from the beginning because I knew somebody would be doing it. Yeah. And there was no other media people around him. And he's just there making snow angels. And I like, I get, I like kind of like stand like right on top of him. I'm like shooting straight down. And um, he, he noticed I was taking photos of him and kind of like sat up. He, he kind of started doing stuff for the camera, which was incredibly lucky. And, um, he sat up and like grabbed a handful of confetti and just kind of like shoved it in his face and was just kind of like rubbing it around. <laughs> and it like, no, like I can't explain to you. It's just like, there's so much going on and the emotion's so high and it's just complete chaos. And you have confetti falling everywhere. So you can barely see 
Like I had confetti like stuck like in my mouth and I was just like, I don't care. Like I'm like, <laughs> and I shot. got that photo and that ended up being my favorite photo I've probably ever taken was the dude rubbing the confetti in his face. And it kind of looks like he's like crying. Yeah. And, um, he kind of sat up and he was like, Hey man, like you got to send that to me, you know, like right there. Like he had just won a national championship and he's worried about like, Oh, like how am I going to get this? What's photo? your at bro? Yeah. Well, he like, he like had me like put it, his number in my phone so I could like send it to him or something. Wow. But, um, but yeah. And then I just tried to go around and get whatever I could. But at that point, so many people are on the field, um, that those, that initial moment was where I got the best stuff. Yeah. And then I just, it was just a madhouse out there. And there were guys, I remember taking a photo of one guy and he kind of had his national champions hat on like backwards. Mm -hmm. And he was just kind of like crossing his arms, like looking at me and like posing. And I was like, oh dude, like turn your hat around so I can see it. And he did. And then I got a few of that. And then another guy walked up with like the, the local newspaper that was like perfect and oh, it had yeah. Joe Burrow on it. I guess that they just had pre-printed for the celebration. Mm -hmm. And, um... He kind of came over and both of them like posed with that. And I was like, man, like so, sometimes this stuff just happens in front of you and they're doing it like they'll recognize that I'm taking a photo and they'll just start doing stuff like for me. Yeah. So essentially my tactic, though, is just stay away from the big guys because there's going to be plenty of photos of that and try and get stuff that nobody else is shooting, you know? OK. Yeah. It's and a team like, sport, man. They, yeah. These guys all contributed. There's, yeah. Yeah. They all contributed and they're all doing equally cool things. And I would rather... I don't know. I'd rather have like a nice open wide shot of dudes celebrating than like be deep in like a mob of people trying to get the shot of Joe Burrow that everybody else has, you know? Yeah. No, so. I, I really do like that photo you got of the local newspaper. I the, Immediately, though, I was oh, like, yeah. yeah, how do they get that out there so yeah. quick, you know? So I assume there's a stack of Clemson ones that <laughs> yep. like, I don't know where those are now. <laughs> Which leads us to... Did anybody focus on taking pictures of like the losing team? Is that no? Even so they you they pretty pretty quickly just immediately leave the field. Mm -hmm. You know they're not out there hanging out. Like the, as soon as that clock hits zero, like they'll go out. The coaches will go out and shake hands and stuff. But like they're immediately back to the locker room. Right. Yeah. Right. So no media hype following them. Yeah, I mean, I'm no. sure their own people and it's are like, there. But yeah, you. I mean, you have the team people that'll you know get the sentimental mm -hmm. things like that. But like. As an outside media source, you know you're not. Nobody wants to you're see so that. You're so lucky because you you're a winner no matter who wins. You know exactly. You're on, yeah, you're just on the team, the playoffs. You know. Yeah. Uh, it was. I felt like. Um, yeah. There's a meme circulating of Rob Lowe right now, and he's at the playoff game. Yes. And he's just wearing the hat that says like it has the NFL, NFL shield on it. Mm -hmm. And it was. Like, <laughs> one of my coworkers there tweeted like, "Oh, this is how I felt like wearing my college football playoff gear at the national <laughs> championship." Like go teams, yeah. You I know? love. Like, I just love football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah. I mean, that was that was the game. And you just did you just stay out there as long as they were out there? Like I stood out there as long as I could, and then they did the trophy presentation after. Mm -hmm. But there's so many people taking photos. I wasn't, and they had like bleachers almost set up for photographers to like stand on in levels. Mm -hmm. But I was. They were so packed full of people already. I wasn't even able to get on them. So I was kind of off to the side. I got a few of like from the side of like coach o lifting the trophy up like mm -hmm. a guy kissing the trophy um but no i wasn't like straight on they had that fenced off for the team people and like the espn like college football people mm -hmm. that are like shooting the stuff that you're watching on the tv right. you know from home so like they obviously get more access than everybody else because this is like how 
everybody's watching, watching it. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and those guys have to be front and center. You know, when they're lifting the trophy up, so mm-hmm. you kind of see that on your TV, and you just think it's like happening. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into like you being able to see that from you know like your own home. So. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, and then so that was it. Once that, uh, yeah, I mean, concluded. we we went back just edited a bunch of photos. I mean, we were at the Superdome till probably th- close to three in the morning. Oh my God. So, we, I mean, we were there like 9.30 a.m. to 3 a.m. I mean, it was a long, long day. Yeah. I just remember being like, it was our last night there because I was leaving to drive back to South Carolina the next day. And just remember being like, oh man, I wish I could do Bourbon Street one last time before <laughs> we leave. But it's an experience Bourbon Street when LSU just won the national championship in that city. Oh Yeah. But I didn't get back to the hotel until almost 4 a.m. And I was like, I'm, I I'm sure they were can't. still partying. I'm sure there was, <laughs> but I was not up to it. I was so tired. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was that was the week pretty pretty much. Yeah. The weekend highlights. <sighs> Dude, no, that's amazing. And I'm really happy that we can document this, too, because I'm sure your memories are now fresher, you know. Yeah. And they yeah. will be in the future. So you can come back and be like, oh, yeah. I remember oh, yeah. That now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's super cool. Um, and I'm. I had some other things I want to talk to you about, but I feel like this is, we'll keep it focused on this. I think this is really <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, before we wrap it up, um, I know that you work for the school, but you also do your own kind of stuff on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you have anything you wanted to plug before we wrap this whole thing up? Um, yeah, I mean, I post the majority of my work on social media mm-hmm. and uh, through mainly Twitter and Instagram. I guess uh, if you want to follow me on either of those two, yeah, my Twitter play. is yeah. at J underscore Reeves 15. And then my Instagram is at Jacob Skates Lakai. And Lakai is L A K A I. It's kind of nobody ever knows what I mean by that. <laughs> I love this. And it's Lakai to the point I'm, I probably need to change it, but like everybody's like, oh, it's Jacob Skates cats lackey like what does that even mean (laughs) um but yeah it's that i post most of my work there and then i also sell prints of uh, numerous things around the state of south carolina primarily um columbia charleston and usc ones and i actually i was selling those through social media but i actually have moved over to a completely online site Mm -hmm. and that is a jacob reeves creative dot dark room dot tech and you can buy them in a variety of sizes a variety of materials framed unframed and i've got 20 something on there right now it's super cool to see that come into fruition because i remember seeing one time you just posted like hey if anybody wants to buy some prints like i (laughs) I can get that to you yeah those Uh, have really taken off yeah and i'm i'm the owner of one myself uh i have it in my living room so um also any of that that's all in the description if Mm -hmm. you the listener want to check out jacob's work um but yeah, I'm going to have to have you come back and talk about more your job in general. Regular, yeah. your, your regular job is super interesting too, but I think mm-hmm. we'll stick to the college football playoffs for, for this sure. One, so. I know we probably ran a pretty long time. This yeah, but it's all good stuff, dude. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you so much for Yeah, thank for you. For, me, it's, it's exciting to finally be on Affable. I've listened to so much of this and uh, it's exciting to finally be here in the studio. That's right, know? dude. We're working hard to make this a legitimate <laughs> thing. So yeah. yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Affable Chat Off Script. Once more, you can find all of Jacob's information in the description. Please go check out his Instagram. Please go check out his Twitter. He takes some amazing 
photos. My words can only do so much to describe them. You really just got to go take a look at them yourself. Uh, please subscribe to Affable Chat on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And wherever that is, please leave us a review. That helps us to reach a broader audience. You can call our number anytime and leave us a message. That number is 833-600-2428, 833-600-CHAT. Call us absolutely anytime. Leave us a message and we will play it on a future episode of Affable Chat. You can reach us also on social media. We have Twitter and Instagram. They're both at Affable Chat. Uh, or if you're a little more old-fashioned, you can send us an email, affablechat at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube. Just search Affable Chat. And uh, yeah, this was a really fun episode. Uh, thanks again to Jacob Reeves for joining me. Uh, and that's going to do it. So for Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. Thanks for listening. Thank you.